Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. And that is especially the case today as we welcome Mike Cutberth, president and CEO of Triad Real Estate Development Company, located in beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Mike, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you, Charlie. Really good to be on this morning. So, Mike, uh, just briefly before we start here, Santa Barbara is a wonderfully beautiful place, but it's had some uh, troubles with uh, Mother Nature over the past year. Have you been unscathed from those, and is your family still intact uh, in your uh, in your residence here? Well, uh, appreciate you asking, and, and thank goodness, yes. Uh, you know, about a year and a half ago, there was a... Uh, a huge fire that uh, blew through the area, and uh, while we were evacuated for about 10 days, uh, no uh, no damages to our home, and uh, so we're very thankful for that. And, and likewise, about a month later, uh, there was the uh, mudslide, uh, and uh, we, uh, again, fortunate that we're not, not involved in any of that. So uh, all, all that was good, and, uh, you know, I... Uh, uh, felt like if there was one more event, I was going to tell my wife that um, it was time to uh, move to some uh, some other area. So anyway, but we're still here. Okay, that's great. That's great. So Mike, uh, you came out of uh, USC with both a bachelor's and an MBA. And uh, for 20-plus years, you've been in real estate development, focusing on land acquisitions, planning, entitlements, financing, etc. So give us a brief background of yours, will you? Sure. Well, I, uh, of course, uh, attended USC and graduated with uh, uh, honors uh, uh, as an undergraduate uh, in uh, business school and then uh, MBA uh, subsequent to that. And uh, literally, um, uh, when I graduated uh, as an undergraduate, uh, uh, I had a friend of mine uh, come to me and ask uh, uh, if I had any plans after graduating, and I told him I didn't, and uh, he invited me to uh, join him to acquire a uh, parcel of land and uh, uh, subdivide it and uh, get it entitled. And uh, uh, so within weeks after graduation, I started my uh, education in the business of uh, entitling, subdividing, and developing land. And uh, while uh, I think in hindsight I probably made every mistake you could imagine doing it, I only made uh, any mistake once, and we had a good market and ended up uh, doing well, and that kind of started my my career in development. Well, I, if you're involved in land acquisition, planning, and entitlements, you are one patient man, because <laughs> cities require that kind of patience. So tell us about the strategy the triad uses and, uh, and, and the business model, and basically how it works. Sure. Um, so we've, uh, my, my partners and I uh, collectively have uh, been in this business for years, over 80 years of combined uh, development experience, and uh, have developed a full range of projects, including 
land, residential communities, apartments, shopping centers, office buildings. And these days, we're focused on acquiring horizontal residential opportunities that will be sold to public home builders. And we think there's a real opportunity that exists because there is limited capital available for infrastructure, and the economy has roared back. We've got very low unemployment, really good job growth, uh, and there is big demand for finished lots from home builders and selected submarkets. So uh, we've actually tried to capitalize on this opportunity by <clears throat> bringing out a uh, infrastructure fund and are looking to raise some money to acquire entitled uh, parcels of land where we can uh, close close the property and uh, start construction of lots that only take six to nine months. <clears throat> and uh, part of our strategy is is uh, to mitigate risks by getting commitments prior to we closing uh, from the public home builders we work with, along with non-refundable deposits. So basically, we are pre-selling everything that we're manufacturing. And uh, we we feel there's a great opportunity uh, that uh, uh, we can capitalize on as a result of this situation. So that's... Okay, so so Mike, let me see if I understand. I I was talking with a developer a few years ago, uh, here in Southern California, and uh, he was uh, bemoaning the fact that it took a good three years for them to get all of the entitlements, get everything. It was a residential developer to get all the entitlements to go through all of the issues, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and that that three years really added a significant cost to the developer. Uh, and so what you're saying is you don't go in and get those entitlements and, and go through the process with cities, etc. You only work with people or companies who have already done that. You go to them and then you purchase from them. You do a certain amount of, of, of add-on work here and then you sell to the big public developers. Is that the case? That's exactly right. And, you know, it's kind of a cornerstone of our uh, strategy and a cornerstone of how we mitigate risk. Uh, you know, we have got as much experience in titling land as anybody around. And I would tell you that uh, major uh, entitlement projects in Southern California easily can take three, four, or five years. So what we are doing is acquiring land that already has those approvals in place to avoid that risk. And it's not only a risk of time, but also risk related to what exactly you end up getting approved and what's the situation with the market at that point in time in the future. Yeah, that's right. I can see both of those issues because you may go in for 150 units and they approve 12 or something. Absolutely. <laughs> right? And then uh, number two, the market in the meantime has changed and they no longer want that kind of, of development here. They want senior housing or they want something different and that's not what you have put all of your money into and so what you're doing it just sounds like it makes sense i mean is this a new thing i mean other people haven't been doing this for some time well um you know i would say that in the markets that we're working in and we're primarily focused on some of the sub markets in southern california and also uh markets up in that northern nevada area which include reno and its surrounding communities we have very little competition for this business model i, I think there are very few uh, parties out there doing this. And uh, 
you know, when when we started in the business, um, we were routinely uh, building lots, creating finished lots. But you know, the market has uh, uh, kind of gone uh, up and down over the years, and uh, I would say certainly in the last few years, maybe the last ten years, not not many parties have been out there doing what we're proposing to do. Okay, so so tell us, it, it just seems to make a lot of sense here. You guys are fundraising. What misperceptions do you see by investors and advisors when you present this? Well, you know, um, probably the the biggest mis- misconception and and maybe uh, knee jerk is just the negative, um, you know, connotation that land development can have and. I would say that uh, traditional land development uh, can easily involve a multi-year process of getting approvals and entitlements in place, uh, and this is something that uh, we are not doing. So what I would say is this is a very much a niche uh, sort of land development that we believe eliminates a lot of the risks of traditional land development. So that's that's probably the biggest, you know, thing that we have to uh, <clears throat> explain to parties about what we're doing is, you know, distinguishing our our business plan with what people generally uh, understand as the land development process. Yeah. So so tell us if you're uh, uh, if you're in Southern California, do do many people object because they say it's uh, overbuilt or overpriced? Well, um, you know, in in the markets that we're working in, uh, we're we're really focused on acquiring land uh, and manufacturing lots that will be sold to home builders that will be building affordable housing. And when I say affordable housing, you know, that term can mean a lot of different things. That's right, especially in Southern California right? or, or, or uh, Silicon Valley. Right. So, you know, if you're in Riverside County, that may be homes in the $400,000 range. But if you're in Irvine, maybe that's in the $800,000 range. So, um, you know, it kind of depends on which which market you're referring to. But, um, you know, we're really focused on uh, housing that um, uh, people can afford. And in in that sector, uh, we've we found really good demand from the home builders to buy lots. And and it's really because um, there is fundamental demand for homes. Uh, you know, the number of homes have not uh, number of homes built have not uh, kept up with the increase in population over time. So there's right. there's a good uh, demand for housing. Okay, so uh, uh, tell us now. Uh, you're working in uh, California and you're working in Nevada. Um, I would think Nevada is a much easier place to work. Well, it's it's a very pro growth area, and I would say that uh, we think that that. Uh, Reno and surrounding area uh, is a really terrific market, and it's a it's a market that you've had a lot of Fortune 500 companies move into uh, and build major manufacturing facilities. And these are companies like uh, Tesla and Panasonic and Google and Apple. And that coupled with a significant migration of homeowners from California, and I would say primarily people selling their high-priced homes in California 
moving to the Reno area, being able to buy a bigger lot, a bigger home, a newer home for a fraction of the cost in a really, really terrific uh, area. You know, great lifestyle. Uh, you've got the mountains. You've got Lake Tahoe. Um, so it's a it's a great um, quality of life, and there's also a lot of benefits like no state taxes and, you know, one of the top places in the nation to do business. Yeah. So I presume you're also talking about the Lake Tahoe area then. Well, nothing in Lake Tahoe per se, and again, uh, because, you know, that market generally is going to be a higher-priced sort of home than what we're uh, really targeting. We're, we're really targeting, again, affordable uh, sort of housing, so that's more in the 400000 plus or minus kind of house, house price range. Okay. And I presume we're talking about private placements here for, right. accredited, for accredited investors. Right. We, we actually uh, have put together a private placement memorandum uh, for, uh, it's a Reg D offering uh, for uh, accredited investors. Okay. So what would you say that are, the, that are your biggest challenges right now? I mean, you, you've got to have several balls in the air. You, you've got to bring in uh, the cash in order to buy things. You've got to find the people willing to sell for an appropriate price. And I am sure that they all think that their property, especially with entitlement, is worth a lot more than the builders are willing to pay. And then you've got to convince the builders this is a place to do this. And then you've got to do some, uh, you know, some improvements. What are your biggest challenges right now? Well, um, so f- funding this um, uh, plan, acquisition of multiple properties that are uh, have their approvals in place and manufacturing lots is a real paradigm shift for us. I mean, we traditionally over time uh, funded our projects on a project-by-project basis. So this is something new, and this is our first private offering to do this. So there's, there's a challenge related to the fact that this is the first time we have uh, uh, proposed to fund our projects in this manner. And you're correct that one of the other challenges is it's a little bit of a juggling act because uh, on the one hand, we're raising uh, money to implement this plan. And on the other hand, we're also working on uh, a half a dozen or dozen uh, potential acquisitions of properties that fit this criteria. So, uh, you know, we do have to kind of balance uh, the money raising and how quickly we're doing that with uh, the opportunities that we have and and can uh, actually execute on. So where do you find your deals? I mean, I would think that if somebody has entitlements for a certain number of units of residences uh, to be developed in, uh, you know, anywhere in California, especially in the, the larger urban areas, that people would be, uh, you know, knocking down their doors to talk to them about, about buying them. Well, you know, the end customer here is really the home builder. And one of the things that uh, we believe has happened in the market and and one of the things that have created an opportunity here is that home builders really don't want to hold land on their books. They really want to just buy lots that are ready to build on. Once they purchase those lots, get a home built and have it sold in 120 days and do it again over and over. That's really where the home builder maximizes the um, metrics that Wall Street uses to value their companies and evaluate them. And so, you know, the fact that the home builders have 
become they've they've got a strong preference to buy finished lots versus unimproved land creates an opportunity for us and also a barrier though for a lot of landowners that have land that might be suitable for this use because many of them either don't have the capital to put in the infrastructure improvements or don't have the desire to do it and so therein lies an opportunity. I see. Okay. Well, it it's coming together, uh, making sense here. And it sounds like, uh, what, what period of time uh, do, do do you expect to be holding these properties? Well, again, this is um, a, an element of our risk mitigation uh, strategy. These are very short holding periods. We, by design, plan to get in and get out of every project we're working on in 12 months. And by having commitments from builders in place before we close the land and having approvals in place so that we can start construction of the infrastructure immediately after we close, uh, it, it only takes six or nine months to put in the streets and curbs and gutters. And at that point in time, they're ready for sale. And so we believe that within 12 months of the acquisition of any given property in our fund, we'll be able to sell it and start distributing preferred returns and profits to our investors. Okay. So, so so tell us, with rising interest rates, now, this is not exactly the week to talk about that, because the Fed just came out yesterday uh, with an announcement that, well, maybe they'll uh, lower interest rates again. But at some point in the future, interest rates are going to be rising, and uh, the Fed is not always, uh, not always 100% in control of things, as they have been the last few years. So when that happens, uh, that that it has got to we've got to expect uh, some impact on the home buying industry. Uh, are you concerned about that at all? Are the big public um, home builders concerned about that at all? Or uh, does everybody think uh, they they can work through that w- without much difficulty? Well, there there is no question that interest rates have a big impact on home buyer demand. And, you know, we're very fortunate right now that uh, we've got an inverted yield curve, so long-term rates are are low. And, uh, you know, the Fed has likewise uh, got a low interest kind of posture these days. So those are all good things. But uh, the, the concern about the future is, again, something we're trying to uh, address in our get-in and get-out-quickly strategy because, you know, we can't predict, I don't think anybody can predict, actually, what interest rates are going to be in a year or two or three. And one of the things we're doing to mitigate that change in the market conditions, which include interest rates, is buy entitled land, get the improvements done in six or nine months, and sell them so that we're getting in and getting out quickly. The other thing we're doing is we're only buying as much land as we can pre-sell. So, for example, if a landowner has land sufficient for 400 lots, but a builder's only ready to commit on 200, we'll typically structure a phased purchase. So we just purchased sufficient land to develop the first 200 lots get those sold, and then if market conditions are the same in a year as they are now, we can continue with phase two. I see. Okay. 
Well, again, uh, you're saying all the right things, and it uh, it all sounds positive. So let's change the uh, subject just a little bit. Uh, you've been in the investment world, particularly real estate, 20-plus years. What's the best advice you've ever heard, read, or received about investing, Mike? Well, um, you know, I, I can't really tell you who I may have heard it from. Maybe my father. I don't know. But, uh, you know, the the basic idea that... You know, it's okay uh, not to make money on your investments, but really do everything you can so you don't lose money. And, you know, I would tell you that that kind of a theme is very much a part of our risk mitigation strategy here. We, we, we think we actually have a low-risk business plan here uh, that protects investors uh, investment in the in the fund and the properties and uh, I, I would say that's that's uh, part of part of our strategy okay great advice and uh, no question about it uh, important to understand but a lot of people out there lose sight of that after a nine-year bull market, and we all have been through that, right? Well, absolutely, and the volatility over the last year, I mean, geez, you know, stock prices go up and down based oh, yeah. on the tweet of the morning. So, Including uh, this week. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So a question we'd like to ask all of our guests here, Mike, what keeps you awake at night? Well, I'll tell you, you know, there's really nothing that keeps me awake in connection with our our business plan or our our proposed fund, but uh, you know I am concerned about uh, some of the uh, situations that exist around the world here. You know I I think it's a dangerous world, and I think we have some very formidable foes, and uh, you know. Uh, we, uh, you know, I'm, I am concerned about uh, uh, what what lies ahead here uh, and uh, what those foes are going to be doing and how we're responding to it. Hey, you know, Mike, uh, we've been asking that question in, uh, during the four years of this show. And uh, we used to get a lot of, early on, we got a lot of different responses. But starting, uh, I don't know, Paul, what was it, a couple of years ago? Yeah, about two years ago, we started getting that exact same response that you just gave. Interesting. Much of the time. I mean, over half the time. It, it, it just started coming out, and, uh, they, you know, geopolitical issues uh, became a, a real concern of people. And uh, so... You know, you're not alone in being concerned about those things. And, uh, you know, at my house uh, as well here. So the second question we like to ask our guests here, uh, Mike, is what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Well, um, let's see. I, I don't know that I've got um, a book to recommend specifically on investing, but I'll tell you one that uh, really I thought was quite interesting uh, was a book called uh, Destined, Destined for War, and uh, Can America and China uh, Avoid uh, a Future Conflict? And, you know, it's, uh, it's really uh, an interesting book that uh, tracks back centuries how a um, up-and-coming economic power basically uh, threatens to displace a ruling uh, ruling power, 
and the outcome is a war. And I mean, this goes back all the way to uh, uh, ancient Greece and uh, continues right through uh, here to just a few centuries ago. And so, um, you know, I, I thought it was a, f- a fascinating uh, analysis and, uh, you know, very interesting read. And of course, I hope that uh, uh, we absolutely avoid a war with China. Well, of course, and I hope that the people who are in uh, these trade negotiations with China and with Mexico and with Europe uh, are reading that book. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and recognizing the potential risks, etc. So for people who would like to know more, Mike, uh, where can they go? Well, uh, probably the easiest uh, place to go is to our website, and it's... Uh, uh, you know, our fund is uh, called the Triad Residential Opportunity Fund, and the website is called Trophy Portal, T-R-O-F-I Portal.com. T-R-O-F-I, that sounds for Triad... Uh... Residential Opportunity Fund 1. Got it, okay. Trophy Very good. 1 Portal. Trophy One Portal. All right. Well, pretty creative there. That 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 is great. And have you got an email address of somebody uh, if uh, somebody's so inclined to to reach out that way? Absolutely. Um, the uh, email address and phone number uh, is at that uh, on that website. But uh, my email address is m cutberth at triadevco.com. That's m c u t like Tom, b like boy, i r t h at T-R-I-A-D-E-V-C-O.com. Okay. Well, Mike, thank you very much for joining us today. Give us your final words, will you? Well, um, as it relates to our, our business and the fund that we're trying to raise money for, I would say that, uh, you know, we, we really believe this is a great opportunity for potential investors. You know, we think that with the risk mitigation uh, strategy that we're implementing here, it's a low risk and high return opportunity, which is rare uh, these days. Okay, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. And our best wishes to you and to uh, USC for every time they play, except when they play BYU. (laughs) Very good. Okay, well, thank you, Charlie. Really appreciate the interview. Mike, great to have you. Again, we've been listening to uh, Mike Cutberth, President and CEO of Triad Development Company out of Santa Barbara, California. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host Charlie Wright or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing. 